This is KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah. And today, on Wednesday, we are sponsoring a weekly shiur by Rav uh, Dr. Avi Wolfish, who's been doing a lot of work in the last few years on the study of Mishnah specifically, giving a weekly shiur on reading Mishnah. What we're going to try to attempt to do today, in today's shiur, on Mishnah Masechet Rosh Hashanah Perak Aleph, is to try to understand how the chapter was put together and to try to understand uh, what meaning the Mishnah redactor Rabbi Yudah Nasi was trying to convey by putting it together in this way. Uh, among the problems of trying to understand this chapter are the abrupt shift from the opening topic, which is the structure of the year, Rosh Hashanah, Arba'a Pirkei to the topic which uh, takes up the bulk of this chapter, as well as uh, all of the next chapter, the topic of Kiddush HaKodesh, the um, way in which we manage the calendar and all of the, uh, all of the festivals. Um, that's the main problem. Another problem that we touched on uh, last week and we'll be coming back to at some point is the uh, way in which the chapter ends. It seems to end in the middle of the topic of violation of Shabbat in order to sanctify the new moon, in order to be Mekadesh at the Chodesh. Um, uh, a subject that is discussed at length in this chapter but actually continues into the middle of the next chapter. This is a topic that we won't get back to uh, today, but we will get back to in future shiurim. I hope that all of my listeners have a basic familiarity with the Mishnayot in Masechet Rosh Hashanah. I'll try, as we touch on various points in the Mishnah, to uh, summarize them uh, for, uh, for, for you, both those who know the Mishnah pretty well, and those who may have uh, forgotten a lot of them, so hopefully you'll be able to uh, to follow along as we go. Um, we'll open with the uh, major question of the abrupt shift from Rosh Hashanah to Kiddush HaChodesh. So let's first of all summarize the first few Mishnayot. The first Mishnah opens with Arba'a Rosh Hashanim Him. There are four Rosh Hashanah the first of Nisan, the first of Elul, the first of Tishrei, and either the first of Shvat according to Beit Shammai, or the fifteenth of Shvat, to Bishvat, according to Beit Yilel. The second Mishnah then continues with four Pirkei Din that occur throughout the year. Um, the four Pirkei Din are actually the three Regalim, Pesach referring to grain, uh, Atzeret, namely Shavuot, uh, where judgment refers to uh, fruit of the tree, Rosh Hashanah, and finally Chag, Chag Asukot, where there's judgment of uh, of water, in other words, the rainfall for uh, for the year. So these two Mishnayot uh, are talking about the structure of the year, for Rosh Hashanah, for Pirkei Din, uh, the similarity of the number will be highly significant, and we'll get back to that uh, in a bit. The next Mishnah immediately shifts to 
קידוש החודש. על שישה חודשים השלוחים יוצאים. The year divides into six months and six months. Six months in which there are no festivals or special days, and therefore uh, the Beit Din, which is Mekadesh HaChodesh, doesn't have to announce the Kiddush HaChodesh to all of Israel, and uh, uh, doesn't have to get the word out by sending out messengers to, uh, to go all over uh, Eretz Israel. Uh, it's enough just to make an official announcement, and uh, uh, whoever needs to know will presumably uh, find out. But there are another six months when there are special times, uh, festivals, or in one of the cases, Al-Av Mipnei Av because of Tisha B'Av. In, in all of those cases, the uh, Beit Din has to make sure that the word gets out by means of Shluchim to make sure that all of Israel observes these special times uh, together. At least all of Israel who, uh, to whom the Shluchim get, which is presumably in Eretz, uh, in, in Eretz Israel. This is the first Mishnah that talks about Kiddush HaChodesh, and then uh, the next Mishnah, Shnei Chodashim, introduces the main topic of the chapter, which is a violation of Shabbat uh, uh, on the part of the Edim. The Edim violate Shabbat in order to Kadesh HaChodesh. We'll discuss the reasons for that, uh, for that later on. And that then is the main topic that takes up most of this chapter and uh, a good part of the following chapter as well. Now, why does the Mishnah redactor run together these two topics? Um, one question that we might ask, and this question has actually been debated by contemporary Mishnah scholars, is uh, which is the main topic and which is the digression? Uh, one way of looking at it is uh, to say, as, uh, as, uh, um, as was suggested by, uh, by, by some scholars, that the main topic is Rosh Hashanah. And uh, for whatever reason, the Mishnah, after introducing the topic of Rosh Hashanah in the first two Mishnayot, that after all is the title of the Masechet, it is Masechet Rosh Hashanah, that's the main topic. After introducing it, for whatever reason, the Mishnah decided to <coughs> shift and talk about Kiddush HaChodesh for about two chapters and then come back to the topic of Rosh Hashanah. It's a very strange sort of way to open a topic, but that's one theory, and we'll see one possible reason for it a bit further on. Uh, another way of looking at it is to take the opposite approach and to say that uh, the first two chapters are devoted to Kiddush HaChodesh. That's the topic that the Mishnah redactor wants to talk about first. But for whatever reason, he wants to use Rosh Hashanah as an introduction to the topic of Kiddush, uh, uh, of Kiddush HaChodesh. I'm going to suggest a third approach further on, but th- these are the two approaches that, that seem to suggest themselves uh, off the bat. Neither one of them seems uh, intuitively, at first glance, to, uh, to make very much sense. So what, why should, is Rosh Hashanah necessary in order to introduce the topic of Kiddush HaChodesh, and why, on the other hand, would the missionary redactor bethink himself after two missionaries of Rosh Hashanah, oh, well, let's talk about Kiddush HaChodesh for two chapters, and then we'll come back to, uh, uh, then we'll come back to Rosh Hashanah. 
Um, so uh, it does seem to be a rather strange way of of uh, uh, of producing of producing the chapter. Uh, there is an interesting point made by one of the Mishnah scholars, Yaakov Nachum Epstein, based on the Tosefta. The Tosefta, a collection of Beraitot, which is uh, which roughly follows the order of the Mishnah and seems mostly designed to um, uh, complement the discussion uh, in the Mishnah. The Tosefta opens with Nisan Rosh Hashanah Limlachim Galim and there's a parallel beraita to this in the Mechilta on Kiddush HaChodesh as well. Um, and uh, what, what seems to emerge from the Tosefta as well as the parallel in the Mechilta is that uh, Nisan is not only Rosh Hashanah for what the Mishnah says. The Mishnah says, Bechad Nisan Rosh Hashanah Lamlachim Galim. There are two uh, halachot for which Nisan serves as the beginning of the year, namely for um, counting the years of kings, uh, important as the Talmud tells us, as the Tosefta also tells us, uh, for the sake of of, uh, of Shtarot, if you want to know at what date a loan was given or a transaction was completed, so you have to know uh, what year of the king it happened in, and the years of kings are numbered in accordance with Nisan and Regalim. There's a year of Regalim, which uh, the sources uh, relate to the Halakha of Baal Ta'achir. Uh, when you take a neder, then you have to fulfill the neder uh, within a certain allotted period of time. One of the opinions attributed the sources to Rabbi Shimon is that three regalim in order have to go by. So the three regalim in order, namely the regalim of a year, are Pesach, Shavuot, and Sukkot. So uh, Nisan then serves as Rosh Hashanah for the festival year. That's what we have in the Mishnah. The Tosefta adds the Chodashim, that um, Nisan is also the new year for, uh, for months. It's also the new year for Shkalim, which is the subject, actually, of Masechet Shkalim, which we won't go into here. Um, but uh, the fact that Nisan is the first of the months of the year, that's actually a pasuk, Rishon Hu Lachem Hashanah, in Shemot Perak Yud Bet. Um, so that appears in the Tosefta, it's left out of uh, the Mishnah. Epstein now argues that, in fact, it's this, uh, fact that Nisan is Rosh Hashanah Lechodashim that serves as the link to Kiddush HaChodesh. In fact, what the Mishnah wants to talk about is Kiddush HaChodesh. And uh, as an introduction to Kiddush HaChodesh, the Mishnah tells us that Nisan is the beginning of the year for Kiddush HaChodesh. It's Rosh Hashanah Lechodashim. Of course, the Mishnah, for whatever reason, has left out Lechodashim, and that, that seems to pose a problem for uh, uh, for Epstein, Epstein cites the Gemara that says that uh, uh, whereas the Tosefta bechadashim kamayri, the Mishnah bechadashim b'shanim kamayri bechadashim la kamayri. In other words, the Tosefta doesn't mind talking about months, but the Mishnah is talking about 
the uh, temporal unit known as years and not the temporal unit known as months, and therefore uh, the, the Mishnah simply leaves out that detail. But uh, it seems rather puzzling if, as Epstein claims, the whole reason for uh, preceding the laws of Kiddush HaChodesh with the laws of Rosh Hashanah is because Nisan is the beginning of the year for, uh, uh, for Chodashim, so how can the Mishnah leave the main point out? Uh, that, that seems to be a rather strange way of, uh, of doing things. There are other problems with Epstein's approach that we won't get into here. But uh, in any event, uh, uh, although Epstein did point out an interesting connection between the two topics that emerges from the Tosefta, um, it hardly seems to be an adequate explanation of how the, of how the Mishnah is, uh, how the Mishnah is structured. A very interesting way of explaining uh, the shift uh, from Rosh Hashanah to Kiddush HaChodesh uh, is also based on the Tosef that was suggested by Professor Yonah Frankel who noted a very interesting discussion in the Tosefta uh, it's in the Tosefta Perak Aleph, Halacha Yud Aleph and the Tosefta quoting the first uh, starts off in, in language that exactly parallels that of the Mishnah uh, on Rosh Hashanah in, in Mishnah Bet. Uh, of the four Pirkei Din, so three of them relate to agricultural uh, matters. Pesach, Shavuot, and Sukkot are all related to the produce in the field, Pesach and Shavuot, or to the rainfall that's necessary for agricultural purposes, that's Sukkot. And in the middle, the Mishnah brings the Rosh Hashanah Kol Ba'e Olam Ovrim Lefanav Kivnei Maron, or some sources have, and that seems to be the original reading, Kivnu Maron, Kivnei Maron. The Gemara has different explanations of it. We're used to the explanation of sheep. The Gemara also has an explanation of, of soldiers. And that's the explanation that fits the other Yosah, Kivnu Maron, Okay, a, a, uh, a military unit. In other words, a military unit marches before uh, the king of kings, before the Ribbon of Shalom, in order to be judged. The Tosefta follows this up with another Pasuk. You blow the shofar on the Chodesh, on Rosh Chodesh, and so the Tosefta obviously assumes that the time when you blow the shofar on Rosh Chodesh is the one Rosh Chodesh when there's a mitzvah blowing the shofar, namely on Rosh Hashanah. Uh, and then, on which the Tosefta comments, Im kidshuhu beitin, if the court sanctifies the new moon, then the judgment comes before him, before the Ribbonu Shalom, whereas if not, then not. And the Tosefta seems to be interpreting the end of the Pasuk. Mishpat Yaakov means judgment by the Ribbon of Shalom uh, of, uh, of the world. Uh, 
Kichok Yisrael Hu, the Tosefta understands as being, Yisrael determines the Chok. Yisrael determines the time. Therefore, Im Kichu Beitin, if it is Chok Yisrael, if Yisrael has determined this to be the right day, the day of Rosh Hashanah, then Hadin Nichnas Lefanav. Vimlav Ein Hadin Nichnas Lefanav. Uh, if it is not Chok Yisrael, then it, it also will not be Mishpat Lelohe Yaakov. And this is a very dramatic statement uh, amplified in the Rushalmi, uh, which notes that generally, in in uh, in normal cases, the accused never has the right to fix the date of trial. If you ask him, he would uh, set the date of trial to be, let's say, in 150 years hence, and... Uh, you know, he'd rather not stand trial at all. But uh, the Rebbe Shalom gives Am Yisrael the right to determine the date of the of the judgment. This is a tremendous chesed, and it shows that the Rebbe Shalom, the great judge, is the supreme judge, is very favorably disposed to this particular accused, to Am Yisrael. And uh, so that this is a, a rather remarkable way of uh, of carrying out a a divine judgment. Um, but what interests us right now uh, is the point that Professor Frankel notes based on this Tosefta. He notes that this Tosefta serves as a bridge between the two things. We start off with Perak Din, Berosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is a day of Din. We move from there into Kiddush HaChodesh Im Kiddushu Beitin Hadin Nichnas Lefanav And so argues Frankel the Mishnah actually wanted unlike Epstein's argument it didn't want to open with Kiddush HaChodesh and used Rosh, Rosh Hashanah as an introduction rather it wanted to discuss the main topic of the tractate which is Rosh Hashanah but in noting that Rosh Hashanah is a time of Din and in bringing a proof text for it from the Pasukin Tilim Pe Aleph, Kichok Yisrael Hu Mishpat Elohe Yaakov, they noted that uh, that the judgment of Rosh Hashanah is dependent upon Kiddush HaChodesh. And that then led right into the whole discussion of Kiddush HaChodesh, which then ensues in the Mishnah. I think uh, Professor Frankel is on to a very important point here. And uh, I think the Mishnah structure does reflect the influence of this idea that, that seems to emerge so clearly from the Tosefta. However, um, I don't think that this, as it stands, is an adequate explanation of the Mishnah either. Uh, the reason being, uh, first of all, it's not clear exactly why the Mishnah, uh, in order to discuss... Uh, uh, why the Mishnah had to get into the topic of Bar Ba'ar Prakim Alamidon. After all, Rosh Hashanah is only one of these four Pirkei Din. It's not, uh, it's, it's not the only Perak Din. It's one of the four Pirkei Din. One could imagine that the second Mishnah of the Masechet, Bar Ba'ar Prakim Alamidon, could equally as well have appeared in Masechet Psachim or in Masechet Sukkah. Shavuot doesn't have its own Masechet. Um, and and uh, the fact that uh, the Mishnah redactor chose to bring it here itself seems to require some uh, some explanation. 
Secondly, and perhaps more significantly, uh, it's not clear, according to any of the explanations so far, why the discussion of Kiddush HaChodesh opens with the Mishnah Al Shisha Chodashim Ashtuchin Yotzin. Mishnah Gimel. Al Shisha Chodashim Ashtuchin Yotzin is the very end of the, uh, of the process of Kiddush HaChodesh. Kiddush HaChodesh opens, of course, with the witnesses coming. They come to the court, they're examined by the court, the court renders its judgment, the court sanctifies uh, the new month, and then the court, for some of the months at least, will send out shluchim in order to inform the people what day has been sanctified. Uh, so, al shluchim is really the end point of the process of Kiddush HaChodesh. Why, in heaven's name, did the Mishnah redactor choose to begin the discussion of Kiddush HaChodesh with this Mishnah of Al Shisha HaChodeshim HaShluchim Yotzim and only then uh, remind himself in Mishnah Dalet, oh yes, uh, before we get to the Shluchim, uh, there, uh, there's also the small matter of Edim that we have to discuss and that then takes up uh, the rest of this chapter and a good part of the next chapter uh, as well. So, uh, Frankel has given us, I think, a very interesting insight into how we could put the Mishnah together if all we had were the Tosefta. But uh, the Mishnah seems to have somewhat changed the, uh, uh, the material that, that we have uh, in the Tosefta. I am, uh, by the way, not getting into a side topic that bears discussion here, which is... Um, whether the Tosefta, in fact, always follows the Mishnah, or whether the Tosefta might, in some mightn't, in some places, uh, reflect earlier material, and and the Mishnah, in some places, may be seen as a modification of this earlier material uh, reflected in the Tosefta, rather than the base baseline material that the Tosefta is reacting to. Frankel does seem to assume the second reading that the Tosefta here is actually an earlier source than uh, the Mishnah, but again, that, that's not a topic we can go into in any great depth at this uh, uh, at this juncture. In any event, we seem not to have yet a very satisfactory explanation as to uh, how this chapter is put together. Uh, the key, I think, to understanding how this Mishnah is put together is to pay close attention to the Mishnah, uh, Mishnah's language, to pay close attention to words and themes that repeat themselves in these, uh, in these Mishnayot. Um, the first one to suggest reading these Mishnayot in, in that way was the Melechet Shlomo, uh, a very important Mishnah commentator I mentioned in the previous Shi'ur, lived in the 17th century, Rabbi Shlomo Ha'adani, lived at the same time as the Tosfot Yom Tov, uh, who lived in, in Eastern Europe. Um, and the Malachit Shlomo notes that the first four Mishnayot have one major point in common, and that is they all open with numbers. Arba'a Rashi Shanim Heim is the first Mishnah. Darba'a Prakim HaOlam Nidon is the second Mishnah. Al Shisha Chodashim Ashluchin Yotin is the third Mishnah, and the fourth Mishnah, which opens the main topic of the chapter, opens with Al Shnei Chodashim Mechalulin Et Hashabbat. 
four Rosh Hashanah, four Pirkei Din, six months for which the Shluchim are sent out, two months for which we violate uh, the Shabbat, for which the Edim, in order to come to the court, violate the Shabbat. So, somehow or other, the, the, this pattern of numbers seems to be uh, relevant to how these Mishnayot are put together. That, that's the idea that the Melechet Shlomo suggests. I'd like to uh, add to that idea, amplify upon it, and try to understand what perhaps underlies it. In addition to what the Melechet Shlomo has noted, the, the appearance of numbers in all these Mishnayot, I think there are a couple of other uh, phenomena that uh, that repeat themselves in all four of these Mishnayot. One of them uh, is the months of Nisan and Tishrei. Nisan and Tishrei are the key months in Mishnah Dalit. Those are the only two months for which we violate the Shabbat, of course, because these are the only two months Shabahen mitakninatam wadot. These are the only two months in which we determine festivals mid oraita. Okay? The month of Tishrei has, besides Rosh Hashanah, it has Yom Kippur and Sukkot. The month of Nisan has Pesach. And since Shavuot doesn't have an exact calendar date, when you set Rosh Chodesh Nisan, you determine uh, at that point, when you'll start counting the Omer, and uh, 50 days after counting the Omer will be Chag Shavuot. So therefore, Rosh Chodesh Nisan really determines the exact date of Shavuot as well. So, these are the only two months which determine holidays uh, that we have in the, in the Torah, and these are therefore the only two months through which we violate the Shabbat. As we learn in the at the very end of Perek Aleph, Mishnah Tet, Shal Mahalach Laila Vayom, Mechalalin et HaShabbat, Viyotzin Leidut HaChodesh, Shenemar, Ele Moadei Adonai Asher Tikru'u Otam Bimoadam. Or Ele Moadei Adonai Mikrei Kodesh Asher Tikru'u Otam Bimoadam. The, uh, the Pasuk, uh, which is, which is cited here, uh, the key word is bimoadam. Bimoadam at their appointed time. You must establish the uh, new month at its appointed time, or you much uh, more accurately, I would say, you must establish the festival at its appointed time. The only way of doing that is to establish the new month at its appointed time, and therefore. At its appointed time, even sets aside Shabbat. That's a, a, an obligation, a requirement that's so important that it sets aside Shabbat. This, by the way, is very similar to the drasha, which teaches us that Korbanot Tzibur set aside Shabbat, also because of Bimoado, and uh, similar to the drasha that tells us why Brit Milah uh, overrides Shabbat, because of Bayom Hashmini. Okay, whenever there's a date that the Torah says is crucially important, uh, then we even violate Shabbat in order to, form, to perform the mitzvah on, uh, on its appointed date. So, uh, this topic uh, opens in Mishnah Dalit, al shnei chodashim, mechalinat ha-Shabbat, al-Nisan, al-Tishrei. 
But if we look in the previous Mishnayot, we'll see that Nisan and Tishrei are the key players in all three preceding Mishnayot as well. In Mishnah Aleph, of the four Rosh Hashanah, uh, two of them are the more important ones. Echad Nisan, Rosh Hashanah Limlachim, Galim. Echad B'Tishrei, Rosh Hashanah, Lishanim, Lashmitin, Layovlot, Lanetiyah, Layarakot. Nisan rules over two aspects. As noted earlier, the Tosefta adds another couple of halachot, which are also determined by Nisan. Uh, but the Mishnah already has two. As a, uh, Rosh Hashanah has five halachot that are determined. Shanim, Shmitin, Yovlot, Netiyah, and Yerakot. As opposed to the first of Elul and uh, Shvat, and the first of Shvat, which, each of which only has one minor halacha that, that, uh, that depends upon them. So you see already in the first Mishnah that Nisan and Tishrei are the two main, uh, uh, are the two main dates. Uh, there are two main dates in the first Mishnah in another respect as well. Because uh, all of the Rosh Hashanah in, in, in the first Mishnah relate to agricultural matters, Shmitin, Yovlot, Netiyah, Yerakot. Rosh Hashanah L'Shanim is a topic we can't get into, but uh, that would seem also to do with the natural cycle. A year is an event that occurs in nature. Uh, a year depends upon the... Uh, revolution of the earth around the sun which takes a year to do and uh, that's something that exists in nature it's something that's that that's universal and that uh, uh, man simply has to relate to the climate changes in the course of the year and man of course has to uh, uh, relate to the changes in climate and the changes in uh, particularly in the uh, agri- agricultural cycle as the year uh, progresses. Echad uh, Be'alul is talking about Maser Behema, which is also a natural event, the event of, of animals giving birth, and uh, animals generally give birth at a particular time of year. This is a point that's also noted in, in the Gemara. And Echad Bishvat, the Rosh Hashanah Le'ilan, or Tu Bishvat Rosh Hashanah Le'ilan, also depends upon the development of the fruit upon the tree. So, of these three Rosh Hashanah, uh, they seem to revolve around Tishrei. Okay? Tishrei is the main Rosh Hashanah of the natural year. And on either side of it, just before it, Echad Be'elul, a few months after it, Echad Bishvat or Tu Bishvat, you have another uh, agricultural date of, of Rosh Hashanah. Nisan stands opposed to the Rosh Hashanah of Tishrei and its satellites in in in, uh, in respect to the fact that Echad Benisan is not a Rosh Hashanah for agriculture, it's a Rosh Hashanah Lamlachim for man, for society, for history. La Regalim, Regalim have a, an agricultural aspect to them, but uh, I would argue, and this is a point that, that we'll see in the next Mishnah as well, the Regalim is actually referring to uh, the dates in which the society comes together. Okay? Regalim means the dates in which the society comes up 
to the Beit HaMikdash. That has something to do with their natural uh, uh, importance as, as agricultural festivals. It also has to do with their importance as historical festivals. But what the Mishnah wants to focus on is that the Rigalim are, are times when the society unites, comes an aliyah regel to, to, to the Beit HaMikdash. So Nisan relates, unlike all of the Rosh Hashanah revolving around Tishrei, it relates to uh, the year as a human cultural event, as opposed to the year as a natural agricultural event, which refers to the other three Rosh Hashanah. So here we have the opposition between Nisan and Tishrei. The second Mishnah likewise presents an opposition between two different kinds of Pirkei Din. You have the Shalosh Rigalim, okay? Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot. You have these Pirkei Din, uh, which are all agricultural Pirkei Din. And what is judged, okay? Of course, what is judged always is man, but the question is, with respect to what is man judged? Pesach is judged with respect to the, uh, with respect to grain. On Shavuot, he's judged with respect to fruit of the tree. And on Sukkot, he's judged with respect to rainfall. Okay, as opposed to these three agricultural Pirkei Din, there is one Perak Din which refers to man himself. The Rosh Hashanah, Kol Ba'ei Ha'olam, Ovrim Lifanav, Kivnu Maron. Shenemar Hayotzer Yachad Libam, Hamevin El Kol Ma'asehem. Why is man judged specifically on Rosh Hashanah? There are many possible answers to this, but the one given in the Mishnah is alluded to in the Pasuk from Tilim Lamid Gimel. Hayotzer Yachad Libam, the one who created together their heart, Hamevin El Kol Ma'asehem. Hamevin meaning Hamit Bonein, who uh, scrutinizes all of their actions. On the day on which God created their heart, that is the day on which he also scrutinizes their actions. The day on which God created man's heart, of course, was Rosh Hashanah. The original day of creation, according to the tradition of Rabbi Eliezer, was the 25th of Elul. That was the day of the creation of light. The first day of Tishrei was then the day on which man was created. And on the day that man was created, that's also the day on which, year after year, he passes before God in judgment as the Mishnah, uh, as the Mishnah describes it. So here again, you have the three Rigalim as opposed to Rosh Hashanah. Three Rigalim, as we saw in the first Mishnah, center on Pesach, center on Nisan. Pesach is the opening of the year of the Rigalim. So you have Pesach as opposed to Rosh Hashanah. Again, the opposition of Nisan and Tishrei. Mishnah Gimel, six months for which the Shluchim go out, and the six months um, divide into three months of the uh, spring and summer, three months of uh, the fall and the winter, the three months of spring and summer, Nisan Avendelu, the three months of uh, fall and winter, Tishrei, Kislev, and Adar. So, you can see here also that Nisan and Tishrei serve as focal points. The importance of Tishrei in this Mishnah is something we'll come back to 
towards the end of the towards the end of the shiur. Now, um, uh, so we've seen then in the first three Mishnayot, in, uh, as well as in the fourth Mishnah, there's a focus on Nisan and Tishrei. The third point that has li- that links all these four Mishnayot is something I've already alluded to, and that is the festivals. The first Mishnah talks about Rigalim. The second Mishnah uh, counterposes the three Rigalim to Rosh Hashanah. The third Mishnah, uh, the months for which uh, the Shluchim go out, are, mo- are months of Rigalim, of course. That's three of the months, and another three of the months are for Rabbinic uh, uh, are, are for times of, of rabbinic provenance, Ta'anit, Chanukah, and Purim. But three of them, Pesach, Rosh Hashanah, and Takanat HaMuadot, refer to the same Rigalim and Rosh Hashanah that we were talking about in the previous Mishnayot, and of course, Takanat HaMuadot in Mishnah Dalit. So, we have then three themes that unite these four Mishnayot. The first theme that unites the four Mishnayot is uh, the numbers. The second theme that unites the four Mishnayot is Nisan as opposed to Tishrei. The third theme that unites them is the festivals. And uh, and now we can ask ourselves uh, why the Mishnah is constructed. Uh, why the Mishnah is constructed in 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 this way. It seems to me that uh, the Mishnah is perhaps trying to convey the idea that in order to properly understand the significance of the festivals, and the festivals are really what what uh, what the Mishnayot seem to be tr- uh, trying to uh, talk about. The, what the Mishnah is talking about is the calendar, and the key days on the calendar are the festivals. And the festivals are actually a meeting place of two different systems of time. Years on the one hand, months on the other hand. This is, of course, something we know from elsewhere as well. We know that the what, what determines all the festivals is Kiddush HaChodesh. Kiddush HaChodesh, which depends on months. Months depend on the moon. Month, moon, the same word. And uh, similarly in in uh, in Hebrew, the two months in biblical Hebrew, uh, two words in biblical Hebrew for month are Yerach, which means Yareach, which means moon, and Chodesh, which means uh, Chidush, the renewal, the new moon. Okay, so um, uh, the first thing that determines the festival is the months. But the second thing that determines the festivals is the year. That's why we have Ibur Hashanah. We have Ibur Hashanah, unlike the Muslims who have merely a lunar calendar, we have a uh, lunisolar calendar in which we modify the lunar calendar in accordance with the year. Our festivals depend both on months and on and on years. Uh, years we already mentioned are important because they have agricultural significance. Okay, the years are 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 what enable us to coordinate all of our festivals with the agricultural cycle. Months are important for another reason. And this is why Nisan, as the Tosefta notes, is the Rosh Hashanah for Chodashim. Months don't exist in nature. 
Okay, uh, very little changes in the world in the course of the month. You can find one or two things. The tides, the tides change. Obviously, uh, uh, whether you'll have a full moon uh, to help you navigate at night uh, uh, will change. But uh, for the most part, uh, most walks of life you can manage pretty well without necessarily knowing what day of the month uh, you happen to be observing at a given time. This is unlike years. Months are primarily important for the sake of human society. Okay, And so festivals also represent something crucially important in terms of human society. The first four Mishnayot of Masachet Rosh Hashanah teach us that all the festivals are a meeting point of these two. They're a meeting point of nature and of human society. Another way of saying this is to say the festivals are important as agricultural times, as times that reflect something about man's interaction with nature. They're also important for historical reasons. Each festival represents some important historical event okay, that we commemorate by noting the calendar date, by noting the month, the day of the month, okay, and by, by fixing the exact date on which a month begins, you then establish this historical feature of the uh, uh, historical feature of the festivals, and so by bringing these four mishnayot together, the mishnah has conveyed to us what what significance the festivals have. The festivals are the meeting point of these two systems of time: the system of years and the system of uh, the system of months. Okay, this will serve as our introduction to the topic will uh, develop this point a little further and, and move on to the second part of the chapter in our next shiur. So again, for the next shiur, please review uh, all of the Mishnayot of, uh, uh, of this chapter and uh, that should prepare you pretty well for our next shiur.